We are Spry, a group of remote digital marketers who want you to succeed beyond your wildest dreams. Our curiosity drives us to constant learning, and that learning leads to constant teaching. So come along with us on the Spry Space podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and do it all wherever we want. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spry Space podcast. I'm Lacey, and today I am joined by the whole, I mean, fabulous <laughs> Seth. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? Good. Welcome. Good. Welcome to the podcast. How you been? I've been good. It's been sunny. Like, summer has actually come, and so I've been super excited about oh, it that. it makes me so happy. Yeah. So all month long this month, we've been talking about strategic social media, right? So we talked about laying the groundwork with a solid persona and tone. We talked about choosing the right platform, the right channel. We talked about content planning. And so this week, what are we doing? This week was actually Rachel's week to come up with content, but she's actually enjoying summer on a sailboat in, yes, the, middle she of, is. in the middle of the Pacific I'm thinking Ocean. about getting her a mic soon, though, so that she can podcast from the middle of the ocean. Do we think that... I think that's a great idea. I, I think so. that would be awesome. But anyways, that leaves us to cover her topic. We've been talking about strategy, right? So this content is actually about doing that strategy that when you actually make the things happen. So... Yes, I almost felt bad for her being in charge of this topic because it's like we had three weeks of talking about like how you plan to do the thing. And then her one week is like the execution of everything. Everything. Do it all. (laughs) So the three points that she broke it into, which I really liked, was posting, advertising, and presence management, right? Ah, So basically, it's really actually doing everything. She covered all of the things (laughs) I'm doing. So, okay. Why don't you kick us off with posting? Perfect. Tell, tell me about posting. Okay, so when we're talking about social media posting, there's a few things you want to think about. One is frequency, right? How yeah. often are we going to be posting on multiple channels? Do you have favorite brands that you follow and you have any idea how often they're posting? I do. I follow a few. I follow like Miracle Grow, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And um, you they, that tomato garden I, of yours. I just, I love everything about summer, including <laughs> growing plants. Because they're more of like a summer focused thing, they do increase their posting during the summer, three, maybe even five posts a week sometimes. Mm-hmm. But generally, they're two to three posts on Facebook, two to three posts on Instagram. Those are about the only two platforms I use. So. And Miracle Grow is his only brand. Now, I follow a few, and, and generally on those two platforms, it's two to three, unless there's a specific reason. So we have some general guidelines that we often give to people because we have a lot of people come to us and say, you know, should I be posting two, three times per day? And we're like, well, let's slow it down. Let's move it back, right? We're always, especially this month in our content, thinking strategically, right? So we want to put ourselves in the shoes of the personas that we have, the people who we're actually trying to communicate. How often do they really need to see content (laughs) from you? You know, are you really that important that they need to see your content two to three times a day? How could you be providing useful <laughs> content 20 times per week? Like how, how could you do it? And you, you can't, honestly, right? I mean, that is the correct answer is you can't. So our thought process really is that as a brand, if you're posting two to three times a week on multiple platforms, that might mean that you end up doing, you know, 12 posts a week because you might have different content on each platform, but two to three times per week per platform is what we like to recommend. We do have some clients, like consulting clients, who 
would like to post six times a week, you know? And so, okay, we'll, you know, we'll help with that. And they've got maybe a little bit of a larger advertising budget too, but we'll get to the ads in a little bit. Frequency wise, that two to three times a week for Facebook newsfeed posts and for Instagram feed posts is great. When we're talking about Instagram stories, however, that's where we can get a little bit more active, right? right? Yeah. Are there any Instagram stories that you watch really consistently? I watch Adrian's. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little biased, but I love her Instagram stories. You're not the only so. one. I have a couple of the consulting clients I get on with, and they're like Adrian's Instagram stories. Those are like, you know, those are one of my main staples. Yeah. <laughs> So with Instagram stories, you could be posting multiple times per day, but what's nice about that is that people expect it to be smaller and candid and like you don't have to put an hour and a half into coming up with what you're going to post in a story. Right. It's a story. Yes. Yeah. It should be relevant at that moment. You can even have a misspelling if you want. (laughs) I'm an editing queen. Okay. But like I would even give people permission to... To, to misspell in their stories because people have grace for that, you know? Yeah. I'd rather see people doing stories consistently, even if that means like three times a week they're doing three slides in right. that day. I'd rather see them doing it consistently than worrying over if, if they're getting it just right on yeah. stories. And we're going to talk a lot about Instagram stories next month too, so Ooh. stay tuned for that. Yes, for sure. So that's frequency. Within posting, I also want to talk about batch creation. What do we mean when we say batch creation? Well, it's almost like creating a series. You're putting together content that's relevant to each other, but over a span of time, it's like creating a really long story in your content. And you're often, you're sitting down and you're writing those posts, you know, in one block of time. Right. Right. So I might write four weeks worth of a specific campaign posts. I don't know how to, I don't know how to say that properly, yeah. but like, you know, let's say I have a campaign called Motivational Monday. Right. right. And so every Monday I post a motivational quote. So I might choose to batch create those, sit down and do four of them in a row. And I might do them like, okay, this one is about coming up with ideas. This one is about executing ideas. This one is about analyzing ideas so that it really has a natural rhythm and flow to it. Yeah. If you don't do that, sometimes you end up with content that doesn't make sense over time. Right. Right. It's fragmented. If you're coming up with one post, on that topic every single time you sit down, it gets fragmented or the opposite thing can happen, which is like the content ends up almost exactly the same. Redundant. It just keeps saying the same thing over and over again. Exactly. But if you're batch creating, you can see that pattern more clearly. And so you're creating content that builds off of itself instead of that mirrors itself or argues with itself. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it when my content argues with with itself. I know. It's frustrating. (laughs) Other than batch creation, the last thing in posting that Rachel brought up to talk about is scheduling. Do you have any thoughts on what the purpose is of scheduling some content ahead of time? Well, it kind of makes it easier on you as the person posting because you have the opportunity to go in, schedule out a week in advance, and then you can start working on the following week and you don't have to worry about, oh crap, today I need to put out a post. So scheduling. Yeah, I think that's great too. We have a podcast from a while ago that Jessica did about managing your energy levels as a remote worker. And I think that this scheduling process really fits into that because I know that I don't feel creative all the time. Right. I can't sit down at noon every day and write a post and put it out. I can't do it. My mind does not work that way. 
Right. I need these blocks of time where I can sit down, write content, schedule it out, check that off my list <laughs> so that I actually feel done with something for once. Right. And then I can go back and I can do presence management on those posts once they publish and that kind of thing. So that's one reason scheduling is important. Another one is just like actually doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, for sure. You are much more likely to actually complete and check the box of the number of posts that you needed to get out if you schedule them ahead of time than if you leave them to the day of. Yeah, this month we're talking about you know strategy and talk about strategy. Scheduling is like top of the list there. I mean, you can plan out your posts plenty of time in advance, make sure that they go out on time. That's just key, you know? And we used to recommend scheduling two weeks in advance. You know, if you would have asked us a year ago, we would tell you, <laughs> I'm not joking, we I would know, tell you, you that is our policy, you right. know, is, is schedule your content two weeks in advance. Now there's no way, you no. know, week of, we like to schedule content out for the whole week. Sometimes we can get away with the week before scheduling the next week's content, but with how quickly the world is changing with pandemics and social, you know, social movements, and there's no way to look two weeks out and think that you could create a post that would resonate with people. No, it'll either be outdated or it'll be extremely offensive. <laughs> yes. It will not fall in that sweet spot. Oh, it's so true. It is. Okay. So that's our content on posting. Okay, so another thing that Rachel had talked about in her blog was advertising. So you wanna take us through the whys and the hows on that? Yes, so you didn't always have to use ads in social media. At the beginning, <laughs> <laughs> when there was not so many content creators, you know, you yeah. could get all of the traffic that you wanted organically. People would just be drawn like a moth to a flame just because you existed on that platform. Anytime that there's a new platform that emerges, it's similar, right? Yeah. TikTok. TikTok. I right? was just going to say. TikTok just, you know, is one of the newest platforms and there are people who have gathered gigantic audiences organically because there is not a saturation of content on the platform. Right. So what does that mean? That means that once you've actually got a proven platform that has people consistently there, it's more competitive to get your content in front of people's eyes. So what do we do? We pay. <laughs> we pay the social media platforms to put our content in the news feeds or the feeds of the people who we want to see our content. Right. So that brings up a really big benefit. So yes, we're trying to increase the amount of people that see our content. But what's nice is it's not just any people, right? It's right. a very specific set of people. You can create ad audiences who are dictated by gender, age, income level, interests, purchasing behavior, where they live, where they're visiting. <laughs> you know, we have a, a flooring company that we consult with, or not flooring, they're countertops. It's Counter similar. Top. Flooring countertops. It's the same idea, it's the right? Floor for the top of your counter. <laughs> it's the floor <laughs> for your counter. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we created an audience based on anybody who goes to Home Depot. There's like maybe six Home Depots in this part of Oregon. And anybody who goes to, like visits that place and then goes is in this ad audience, right? Because yeah. they're doing home improvement. After they've gone to Home Depot, they're going to start seeing the countertop ads in their feeds, yeah. right? 
So that's one of the ideas of how you can be very targeted and strategic on who you're actually putting your content in front of. Yeah, I'd like to interject something, just like slide it right in here. This is why we push personas yes. so much because you need to know who you're going to. And I think we should add to our personas, where do they shop? Yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can literally target your audience down to specific things like that. Personas are so important during this. Just as another example, I just started working with a coffee shop, right? Yeah. And so the coffee shop, the main traffic to that coffee shop is a group of condos and apartments that are around that coffee shop. So that's the questions I asked. Where do they buy their groceries? You know, people in this area, where are they grocery shopping? Yeah. Because if I know that, I can look at the location tags on Instagram and I can <laughs> look at any posts that have been done around those location tags and just start interacting with them. For sure. But that's presence management. That's that not is, even after. I'm, get... I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but we can create ad audiences based on location. And you can create them based on where someone lives, where someone visits, but you can only create those really specific audiences in the ads manager, okay, right. in Facebook. And that can work for Facebook and Instagram. But if you just boost a post and you use your normal ad center, you can still have a pretty specific audience, but you can't do all of those location specific audiences. Right, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So how much, right? I was just going to ask, <laughs> do I need to spend a million dollars to do this? No, you don't. <laughs> okay. We, the clients who we work with, we often are saying to spend between 10 and $40 per post to increase your reach and awareness and engagement. Okay. Okay. So let's do the math for a second there. If you have two posts per week right. on Facebook, and you've got eight posts total and you're doing $10 per post. We're talking under $100 of an ad budget, yeah. which would significantly increase your reach, awareness, engagement. Yes. So between $10 and $40 per post, do we have to do every single post? Do we have to boost every single post? Why or why not? you have any thoughts? Well, I would say, obviously, don't boost posts that you're not a huge fan of. <laughs> That's true. They do uh -huh. happen, right? You put out a post and you're like, oh, that wasn't my best work. Don't mm -hmm. boost that one. But other than that, I will leave it up to you, the expert, to tell us whether or not we should boost every post. I think if possible that it's a good idea to boost almost every post, okay? Because okay. you put so much work into creating a post, right? Right. And this is the thing that I think really impacts people when we're training them for the first time is, okay, organically your content's been being seen by like 120 people and it's getting like five likes on average. Right. And that's fine. But like, think about how much effort you put into just that one post. If you could spend an extra $12, $15 and you go from 120 people seeing your post to 920 people seeing your post, was it even worth it to post it without putting some ads behind it? Right. You know, that's the way that we often are addressing it with people is one of the only posts that I didn't boost this month for Spry was the content that we put out about Black Lives Matter movement, right? Yeah. Like that did not feel right to, to promote. It. There right. was no reason, you know, this was an important statement that was needing to be made to show the plan that we're putting into action and address the current situation. But like boosting that, yeah. you know, that... Well, and that post was specifically for the people that already like us, already That's a great point. know us, right? We're not trying to get people to join our because group of that. because of that. That's just not very genuine. I mean, even if it was done in a genuine way, it's not very classy. I, that's exactly true. So, so, okay. So I think that's all of advertising. 
Okay, so we have one more thing on our list, and that is presence management. Which is really one of my favorite topics <laughs> all the time. If I could just talk about presence management all day, I would. that's what I would talk about. How much time we got left on this <laughs> <laughs> So there's a couple of aspects of presence management that I want to cover. One is almost like what I call internal presence management or community management. And what that means is when you put out a piece of content, mm -hmm. like what, are you done? Do you just take a bow and walk away? Like, no. Hopefully not. <laughs> right? When you put out a piece of content, you've got to actually be present to see how your community responds to that. Okay? Right. So you start getting a few comments. Do you just heart the comments? Well, hopefully not. Hopefully Do you, you just say thank you? Well, if they, <laughs> there are certain situations in which yes, but no, generally not. <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't know what to do with those. You yeah. know, you, you spend all this time and effort putting a piece of content out and the purpose of it was to get people to engage with your brand, right? right. And so your job is not over when you click publish and promote. No. You're basically just barely starting at that point, yeah. okay? So your job is to try to continue the conversation depending on the channel, within your comment sections, within DMs, within other spaces that you can engage. Right. So commenting, responding to comments, responding to messages, that's like this community management or this internal presence management, okay? Yeah. And that's a must have. Yeah. One thing that I do that I, I call it the acknowledgement plus style because <laughs> I have to name everything, right? <laughs> so when somebody comments like, oh, this is a beautiful shot, you know, do you just say thank you? Sure. I mean, you're fine if you do, right. but you've already got that person engaged in the comment section. Why not try to, you know, bring it out a little bit longer? Yeah. So thank you. Are you enjoying the sunshine this week? Thank you. Did you have something good for lunch today? <laughs> you know, like I, I, that's the acknowledgement plus style. It's like, okay, yeah. thank you for coming to my TED talk. Now I would like to hear from you. Does that make sense? It's like well, it opening does. it up to the audience. Um, this is kind of what separates social media marketing from any other kind of marketing is you can, you have the opportunity to have conversations in the marketing situation, right? If you put up a billboard, you've put it up, you're done. Even same thing with television ads, anything like that. But in social media, you have the opportunity to be social. You have the opportunity to have conversations, find out what people like about you, find out what they don't like about you, ask questions. It's really, it's a great thing. The number of times this month during our strategic social media month that I've seen or heard the phrase, just be human, yeah, like, I think we could probably create a drinking game for it and we would, <laughs> and we would be under the table yes. real quick. <laughs> Just be a human. Yeah. I don't know how many different ways we can say this and put it into our content before people really understand that if you were in person, if it were you and me, Seth, and I showed you this picture and this piece of content and you're like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. You know, would I just like, Thumbs up you Slapping back. Slapping you with a heart emoji? <laughs> like, Probably not. <laughs> you know, I would say, thank you so much. You know, have you ever done anything like this before? Right. I would engage you in more conversation. You would ask me if I've been to the location. I yes. Mean, anything like that, it would become a conversation. Right. And so that's what I really want people to understand about social media and their job as a social media manager. It is not just to create and post content and look at how gorgeous it is, right? <laughs> right. It's to engage people in real conversations that build trust. Right. Okay. <laughs> I get so heated talking about it. It's, it's the most important part. It brought, well, I don't know. They're all, well, they're all uh -huh. very important. Yeah. 
So the second part of presence management that I like to talk about is outbound presence management or like community building. Okay. Yeah. Do you know what this is? I have a very good guess. Okay. Well, I'm going to assume it's a very good one. It could just be a terrible guess. <laughs> let's hear, let's let's hear, hear it. it. Okay. So I'm assuming it's where you go out and you comment on people's posts that aren't necessarily posting on your stuff, but they align with your brand values. They've commented on things that you're interested in. And so you comment on their stuff and you seek them out to actually get them to like you and follow you. It's not hard. Like, doesn't it take time? It seems like it takes a lot of time, doesn't it? Well, anything that is actually worth anything takes some time. Yeah. The response that I get from businesses a lot when we start describing what our presence management process is like, where we actually do go on Instagram, look for location tags, find people's profiles, look at what they've posted about, comment legitimately. It does. It, it honestly does take some time. Okay. Okay. But it's not monumental amounts of time. You know, if you spent 30 minutes per week going out and looking for conversations on Instagram, that might look like location tags, right? Let's say you've got a brick and mortar store, right? You're finding people who have posted within a certain number of miles of your store, right? Because they've yeah. probably seen your signage. So now you can connect with them and give them a space to start connecting back with you. On Facebook, maybe you're going in groups, right? Maybe you're going into a Facebook group that is in line with the brand values that you have that your personas would be in. Yeah. On Twitter, maybe you're following specific hashtags and you're finding people within those hashtags and just starting a dialogue with them like a question, like a human. Oh, like a human. <laughs> I thought we were coming up with ways to start dialogue. Yeah. Well, okay. So I'm so glad you said like a human because going into these places like groups or tags on Instagram and targeting people and saying, please follow my brand. Not Ew. necessarily Ew. the way you want to go about this, right? You want to be a human on you it. You can hire a bot to do that. I could write a bot to do that. That's what people do. It is what they do. It's so annoying. It's very annoying. It's better to go in and like a human, ask them a question, comment on something, tell them that their thing looks beautiful, ask them a question. I will always come back to ask them a question because that is the best way to get them to re-engage with you. You know, I found it to work really, really well with anything involving food, right? Restaurants, coffee oh, shops, yeah. that kind of thing. You go in and you comment and you're like, you know, maybe somebody uh, picked some flowers up at the farmer's market that's a few blocks from your location and you comment, wow, these are beautiful. Which vendor did you get these at? You know, you don't even solicit this, but right. the people comment back and they're like, oh, you know, it was XYZ grower or, or I don't remember who it was, but I really like it. Next time I'll have to stop by for coffee on my way out. Yeah. Right. Did I have to say that? Nope. You just had to be a human. Oh my God. Like it's <laughs> such, it gives me goosebumps. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> so if we're taking all of this, the posting, the advertising, the presence management, and we're pointing it back to the idea of strategic social media, which is what we've been focusing on this month, right. it really does go down to the personas, it right? It really does. Like who are the people that you're trying to reach? How often do they want to hear from you? What kind of questions would engage them? What are their behaviors that we can put into an ad audience? It's beautiful. It is wonderful. I love it. Okay. Rachel did such a good job on this blog post. She did. She did a great job. I would encourage you guys to go and read it. Even if you thought you got everything out of this podcast, go read the blog post. It's really good. So now that we know everything about strategic social media, 
we're pretty much geniuses. We now. can, and so are you, if you're listening. That's right. We can go to what we always do at the end of every Sparkspace podcast episode, which is talk about where you've been working. Right? We are an all remote team at Spry, which means that we are almost never in the same room. Especially these days. Yes. yes. And so tell me, Seth, have you been working anywhere interesting lately? I have. Well, not necessarily interesting, but somewhere different. We live in the Pacific Northwest, so it's very cloudy a lot. But we get those few weeks where it's super sunny, and it has been these last weeks. And so I've been working on my back patio in the direct sunlight. I'm like five shades darker than I normally am, and I'm just... I'm drenched in sunlight and I love it. Do you have a trick about how to make sure that you can still see your screen? Because sometimes when it's so bright outside, it's hard for me to see my screen. I put the sun in front of me and then put on sunglasses. Mm, and your sunglasses don't affect your ability to see your screen properly? Oh, they do, but it's worth it when you're out in the sun. <laughs> my, my hack lately has just been like, I, I will go sit in the back of my house, okay? So I've got my back porch and I've got a sliding glass door, right? And so I will sit on the floor and I'll just stick my legs out. <laughs> so like my legs are picking up all the sunshine, but yeah. my screen is still inside. So one of these days, your neighbor is gonna call nine one one because they're gonna think just you died legs. and like just legs sticking out of the glass door. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. <laughs> I'm not sure funny would be the word for that. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much, Seth, for coming, and thank you for listening to us talk. Yes. <laughs> If you enjoyed this content and you want to hear more from us, where can people find us? I'm on all of the social media platforms. We're at Think Spry. I'm not sure what our one for LinkedIn is. It's just Spry Social Media Spry Marketing. Spry Social Media Marketing. Okay. And then our website, obviously, thinkspry.com. Wonderful. And we have a Facebook group that we invite people into. It's a private group specifically for people who manage social media accounts. And within there, we are troubleshooting. We are brainstorming. We are supporting each other. So we would love to invite you into that space as well. Okay. Thank you, everyone. We hope you have a great rest of your day and we hope that you keep learning. Yep. Bye. Talk to you soon.